This is, we're talking about the story of Moshe's father-in-law, was known in Yiddish as the Shver, Shver, who comes to town, to the desert, and starts telling Moshe right away what to do. So what does he tell him? He tells him that, you know, this, what you're trying to do is in, in, in adjudicating all of the quarrels of the Jewish people by yourself, it's not a good plan. He says, you're going to get worn out. Uh, verse, verse 17. This thing is not good that you're doing. Navoltibol. Navoltibol means you're going to get worn out. You and the people, because it's too hard for you. It's too heavy. You can't do it on your own. And I'm sorry, I, I lost context so because I wasn't there. Basically, he's telling him, you cannot do it yourself. You cannot walk these people yourself to the promised you cannot, land. Uh, you cannot uh, adjudicate their disputes. You can't oh. be a judge for them. Got it, got it. You need to appoint. Yeah, we'll see what he says. So Rashi points on these words, gam ata. Why does it say gam ata? Also you. Mm-hmm. Also. Just say ata va'am. You and the nation. Why gam? Why also? So Rashi says, lerabot aron v'chuv He's saying, even if you would have Aharon and Chur, Chur is the son of Miriam and the one who was killed. Um, he was killed because he tried to protest the Egel Azav, the golden calf. Veshivim Skenim and the 70 elders, even if you had all of these people helping you, still wouldn't be enough and you would all get worn out. Verse 19, so Yisrael, what is his big idea? His TED Talk? Ato now. Listen to my voice. I'm going to give you advice. Free advice worth every penny. Yeah. And God will be with you. Rashi says, He said, don't do this on, just based on my advice. If God will be with you, meaning ask God's advice, if he agrees, then that's a good idea. You be the go-between between God and the people. And you're going to bring these matters to God. You can ask him the questions, as Rashi says, What's Eshadvarim, the matters? Says Rashi, their disputes, their arguments. Verse 20, and you're going to admonish them about the chukim, the statutes, the Torah, the teachings. And you're going to tell them the way that they should go and the deeds that they should do. And now he's telling him who he should appoint to delegate and spread spread the work around. So he says, Vata Techze means to see, like a visionary, a chazon. Chazon yeah. Yishayahu. And Rashi indeed tells us, you should see, have a look, with the divine Holy Spirit that you have upon you, figure out, look for uh, among the people, Mikolaam, Anchichayil. What's Anchichayil? Rashi says these are people of wealth. Chayil means wealth. Okay. As Rashi says, Ashirim. Yeah. Why is it important for the judges to be wealthy? Because you cannot flatter them. I'm sorry, they, they don't have to flatter others and show favoritism to others because they, they got it made. They don't need anybody. People who fear God. People of truth. Rashi says, what does it mean to a person of truth? These are people who keep their promises, that you can rely on them 
they're going to what they say, you can rely on what they on what they say. Because such people, when people tell them what to do, they will obey. People will obey. But if somebody speaks and doesn't doesn't follow what he himself says, then other people are not going to take them seriously. So you know, what's uh, people who hate monetary gain. Betza, this word betza we have earlier in the Torah when Yehuda tells his brothers not to kill him, not to tell, kill Yosef. Ma betza. What gain, what monetary gain will we have by killing him? Let's sell him. So here he says, Soine Botza, people who hate monetary gain. But Rashi gives it a particular meaning, which is Badin, that they hate to have their own property in litigation. As it says in the Talmud, any judge from whom money is exacted through litigation is not fit to be a judge. In other words, even in a case where they are correct and somebody owes them money, they don't want to go through the courts to get it out. They just, they'll just be mochel. They'll just say, okay, you keep it. I don't want to get involved in litigation. So that's people who hate monetary gain. They're willing to lose money not to get involved in the litigation, even when they are in the right. So what does he say? You should take these types of people and then Some place upon them on the Jewish people, sorry, alafim. So officers over thousands, which Rashi tells us means that's going to be 600 officers for 600,000 Jews. That is one per thousand. One per thousand will be 600. And then sare me'ot, one for every hundred. Sare chamishim, one for every 50. One for every 10. Rashi gives us the math for each one. Leaders over hundreds, you can have 6,000. 6,000 times 100 is 600,000. You can have 12,000, 50, over 50, and you can have 60,000 over 10. Verse 22, and these people shall judge the people at all times. Anything that is big, anything that's major, they'll bring that to you, Moses. But something that is small, minor, let them figure it out themselves. Let them judge on that themselves. You're going to lighten the load from upon you. And they shall bear the burden with you. These other judges will, will bear the burden with you. Verse 23, if this thing you're going to do, says Yisrael, and God will command you to do it. Then you're going to be able to survive. You're going to be able to stand, literally. And also this entire nation will come upon their place in peace. Rashi again tells us that Yisra was telling him, go ask God, who's called here Gvura, the strong one. If God will command you to do this, what I'm advising to Halama, you'll be able to stand, you'll be able to survive. If God is going to say no, you're not going to be able to endure. What's again, and also this people, says Rashi, Aaron and his two sons, and the 70 elders who now accompany you, they are also going to be able to, to survive. Uh, one thing, is, so he's telling him, if God will tell you something different, you will not be able to stand it. That doesn't yeah. make sense, right? It he knows little, better than uh, God. Yeah. A little bit of chutzpah. Yeah, yeah. It's a good and chutzpah. this is the chotan, right? The midian. Yeah, okay. uh, the father-in-law. Father-in-law. 
Verse 24. Now we're getting into today's Chitas. Vayishma Moshe the Moshe listens to the voice of his father-in-law. And he does everything that he says. So now Moshe goes and chooses men of wealth, men of means from all of Israel. And he made them as heads over the nation, ministers of thousands, ministers of hundreds, ministers of fifties, and ministers of tens. And they would judge the people at all times. So Rashi tells us, quoting from the Targum, that this Vishaftu is not past tense, that they judged in the past, but Vishaftu is present. They would judge the people at all times. The the difficult things, interesting, they changed it from what Yisro said. Yisro said, the major things. Moshe calls it, Torah calls it, the difficult things they brought to Moshe. And the small things, they would judge themselves. Supreme Court. Huh? Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, President of the Supreme Court. Exactly. Vayishalach Moshe et chosno. Moshe sends away his father-in-law. Vayoyilich le'elatzi. He went away to his land. Why did he go? Says Rashi. Legayer b'nei mishpachto. To convert the members of his family. Interesting. Vayishalach versus Vayishlach. Vayishlach is to send a messenger. That's supposed to come back. Aishalach is you send off like uh, like uh, Noah sent off the bird. <clears throat> okay, now we're gonna cut into uh, tomorrow's as well. hashlishi. Now we're getting to the giving of the Torah. Ah, this is the reading that we read on Shavuot. hashlishi. It was on the third month. Nazimidr said says everything with Torah has to do with three. You have Aaron, Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. You have Torah, Nevi'im, and Ketuvim of the Tanakh, the Torah, the, the, the prophets, and the writings. And when is the Torah given? On the third month. And that is explained. Uh, Sivan. Huh? Sivan. Right. Nisan, if you count the first month being Nisan for Pesach, Nisan, Iyar, and Sivan, the third month. And as explained in Hasidus, the reason that three is so associated with Torah is that Torah is, makes peace between the one and the two. The one is the, the world of the spirit, Ruchniut, and the two is the world of the physicality of the goof of the Olam Azeh. And those two are in conflict. The Torah comes along, through the Torah, you're able to make peace through this third party. The Torah, you're able to make peace between the physical and the spiritual aspects of your life. So in the third month, the Three month, the third month for, to the Jews leaving the land of Egypt. On this day, what's this day? Rashi says, Birosh Chodesh, the first day of the month of Sivan, Ba'u Midbar Sinai. They came to the desert of Sinai. Says Rashi, what does it mean by Yom Hazet on this day? So Rashi says, it should have said by Yom Ahu on that day they came to the desert. What does it mean by Yom Hazah? On this day, that means that every time a Jew will read this verse in the year 2022, in January 18th, a Jew will read this verse. He has to say, by Yom Hazah, on this day, Tezayin Bishvat, on this very day, the Torah has been given to me. That the words of Torah should be new to you 
as if they were given on this very day. Fresh. They journeyed away from Rifidim, and they came to the desert of Sinai. They encamped in the desert, and Israel encamped opposite the mountain. And here he uses this singular, he encamped, as opposed to a plural, as it says just two words earlier, they, they encamped in the desert. Here's the Vayichan. He encamped, referring to the Jewish people as one entity. As Rashi says, Ki ish echad echad. They were like one person with one heart. They were united. Therefore, they're described in the singular. But all the other encampments. There were complaints and strife. But this one was special for the giving of the Torah. Neged the Harlem is to the east of the mountain. Wherever you find the word Neged opposite, it means facing east. Rashi asks, what does it mean? Why does it tell us again and go back that they traveled from Rifidim? We already said, knew that that's where they were. And if they, if they got somewhere else, then that's where they left from. Says Rashi that it's coming to compare their travel from Rifidim to their arrival at the Midbar of Sinai, the desert of Sinai. Just as when they arrived at the desert of Sinai, they were in a state of repentance and closeness to God. So too, when they left Rifidim, they were also already in a state of teshuvah, of repentance. Verse 3, Moshe goes up to God. Rashi tells us, by the way, that this is Bayom Hasheni. This is on the second day. So, the second day of Sivan. And Rashi also tells us that wherever it says that Moshe went up the mount- to the mountain, that these all took place early in the morning, as it says, that Moshe got up early. So he goes up to God on the second day of Sivan, and God calls to him from the mountain saying, So shall you say to the house of Jacob, and you shall relay to the children of Israel, Rashi will tell us that Beit Yaakov and Bnei Israel are two different, two different people, two different communities. One, Beit Yaakov is the women. The house of Jacob is the women. And the Bnei Israel, sons of Israel, these are the men. And importantly, the women are mentioned first. Also, the, the verb that is used, kotomar lebeit Yaakov, it uses a softer expression of of speech, Tomar is, is Lashon Raka, and the Tageid is a bit harsh. It's got the word Gidin, Koshik Gidin, hard like sinews. So a different way of speaking to the women and different way of speaking to the men. Let's see how Rashi says it. First of all, he says, Kotomar, so shall you say, God is telling Moses, with this language and in this order, with this you mean, in other words, don't uh, paraphrase. But Lashon is a don't paraphrase. You can say it is in this order. Beit Yaakov says, Rashi, house of Jacob, these are the women. You shall say to them, Tomar, Lashon Raka, in a gentle language. But to the men, the punishments and the details of the laws explain to the males, things that are harsh as warm, warm, warm. That's warm why the men take the mitzvahs. 
Yes. Uh, the, the women, you tell them and they get it. But the men, you got to really lay it on thick or yeah. they won't get it. You have to mansplain it to them. Verse 4, you saw, now this is God telling Moshe what he should tell the Jewish people. You saw what I did to Egypt, and I carried you on the wings of eagles, and I brought you to me. It says Rashi, you saw, this is not some kind of a tradition that you heard from your father and your grandfather, no. I'm not sending you this message with words or with witnesses that claim this is what happened. No, you saw it with your own eyes, what I did to Egypt. They were liable to me for many sins before they attacked you, the Egyptians did, but I did not take, take um, punish them except through you. I will carry you. What does it mean to carry the Jewish people on the wings of eagles? This is the day that they came to Ramses. The Jewish people were scattered throughout the land of Goshen. And in a short moment, when it was time to go, they all were gathered to Ramses. Uncles, however, says, I caused you to travel. And supposed to, I carry, could either mean I carried you or I caused you to travel, like with a Samach. Now, here Rashi describes what's unique about the Nesher. Now, we translate Nesher as an eagle. That's what it's typically translated as. However, Rashi describes a type of bird that um, the, at least the modern day eagle does not have this behavior. So, whichever, whichever bird it is, the Nesher behaves in this way. What is that? A nesher which carries its young on its wings. All other birds carry their young between their feet. Why? Because they're afraid of a higher, a bird that flies higher than them. So they keep the, their young under them. But the nesher is not afraid of any bird higher than it. It's the highest bird. The only thing it's afraid of is the human. Maybe the human is going to send an arrow. So therefore, to protect its young, it puts its young on top of its wings. And it says, It's a self-sacrificing phenomenon that the parents have, this bird has, that is, let let the arrow enter me and not my children. God says that uses this metaphor that God does the same thing. That the angel of God went and traveled between and stood between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of the Jews. The Egyptians were throwing arrows, shooting arrows, yeah. and throwing um, catapult stones. The divine cloud was receiving them like the bird receiving the arrows thrown against his children. Verse 5, I'm sorry, one more Rashi. I brought you to me. Rashi cites the Targum, which says, it doesn't mean that God brought the people to him. Because how do you bring someone to God? God is everywhere. Rather, Nicholas explains it. I brought you near to my service to serving. Verse 5, Now, 
if you will listen to my voice and you will keep my covenant, you shall be to me a treasure from all the nations. Segula is a treasure. For all of the land is mine. Says Rashi, and now, if you will accept it upon yourself, it will be sweet for you from now on. All beginnings are difficult, but once you get into it, it's going to be sweet. Segula, says Rashi, a very precious treasure. And you shall be to me a kingdom of princes, and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall say to the children of Israel. God concludes what he says to Moses. Says Rashi, you shall be a mamlechet kohanim, a kingdom of princes. Rashi says that Kohanim, you shouldn't read it as priests, Kohanim, like the descendants of Aaron, but rather Sarim, as princes. As it says in the book of Samuel, Ubenei David Kohanim Ayu, the David's sons were Kohanim. Now it can't mean that they were priests because David is from the tribe of Judah. He's not from Aaron. So it must be that Kohen can also mean a chief. Yep. In fact, that's how the Parsha begins. Um, Kohen uh, Midian, you can also translate not necessarily as a priest, but as a chief. says Rashi, not less and not more. That concludes our Parsha for today. We'll stop the show. We'll open it up to questions and or comments. Um, no pressure. Uh, trying to think. I had a question in the beginning. I, somewhere I looked up online to see where Midian was. Uh-huh. Uh, and it looked like more like Saudi Arabia, like the south. So it's more like on the, if you look, it's in the Sinai. It's like, it's like Bnei Israel went deep into Sinai. Like, and, uh-huh. then, and then uh, I guess, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Yisrael? Itro, yeah, Iso, Ito, uh, probably traveled to them. Right. Maybe by, maybe by boat, maybe by boat trying to do hmm. the desert to them, then went back. That's, yeah. uh, I thought that was interesting because uh, where they crossed, they, they crossed the Yam Suf, which is not necessarily the sea, it could be the reeds of the Nile, roughly, right? So it's kind of more on the northern part. Sea of Reeds, Yamsuf. Yeah. We learned uh, the other day that this whole story with, with Yisro didn't happen where the Torah records it. It actually happened after Moshe came down from Sinai the day after Yom Kippur. Oh. Oh, so they are not in uh, order. They basically, yes. basically, he went to Sinai, got all this, came down, and then Yisro gave him and then you then basically you throw... told them you cannot do it. It's good that you got those instructions, but you actually have to put an infrastructure in place. Right. Um, kind of interpreting the Kohanim here, basically. You set the infrastructure 
you give them a full recipe, one per thousand people, and then you have a hierarchy, and then you're on top of that, and that's how you, and that's how you can care, translate the message to actual action. Exactly. Makes, makes total sense. Yeah. Um, how how did the how did we conclude, or how did Rashi conclude that Yaakov is women? Where is the other place where it's referred to women versus men? Or it's not quite? It's a good question. I don't remember offhand, but bait, buy it, the house. Oh, okay. okay. Right? Yes, yes. Akereta, buy it. The mother is the foundation of the house. Correct. Okay. That could be. That's my uh, my guess. Tagid Vetomar. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, thank well, you. Thank you very much tonight. Thank you. And Bezrat Hashem. We'll see you again soon. Thank you very much. Good evening. Laila Tov. Laila Tov.